Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. If you're pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. We've made all this advice accessible. Grab your own Thrive Guide with a workbook on leadership skills at christinedelano.com. So put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Marissa Solomon and Jamie Farr about transformational mentoring. How can vulnerability empower your relationships? Marissa Solomon is a Senior Vice President of Business Development within the Asset Management Solutions Division at Fidelity Investments. She is responsible for new business development and relationship management activities primarily focused on the corporate and public plan sponsors. Prior to returning to Fidelity, Marissa was the head of national accounts for the DCIO channel supporting Schwab Asset Management and vice president of platform sales at Goldman Sachs Asset Management. Marissa is an avid golfer and adventurer. Jamie Farr is a regional sales manager for the Select Sector Spider ETFs. Jamie has been in the financial services industry for over 17 years. Prior to joining Spiders, Jamie held internal sales and marketing roles at Alps, Portfolio Solutions, Cornerstone Asset Management, and Wells Fargo Bank. Jamie is a Colorado native and currently lives in Denver with her husband and two golden retrievers. She enjoys the outdoors, golf, and participating in various charitable organizations. Well, welcome, Marissa and Jamie, to the We Talk Careers podcast. It is so great to have you both. Welcome. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Before we jump into mentoring, which I am so excited to talk to you guys about, I think you have a unique entry into mentoring each other. But before we do that, Marissa, start us off. How did you meet? You know, what is the story of you two sort of coming together with the relationship you have today? Yeah, so both Jamie and I are members of the We Denver chapter on the board. And we've always knew each other, but I would say, you know, the day that we got closer during COVID, we were trying to think of unique events. So we had a self-defense class that was in Wash Park in Denver. So we had an instructor and everyone had to have a partner. So they actually matched Jamie and myself together. And we just had an immediate connection. It just felt very natural. And I really liked her and I wanted to get to know her better. So ironically, you know, I'll turn it over to Jamie, but as we did this mentorship program, we ended up getting matched. Yeah, we um, actually were matched through the Mentor Click AI software that we has access to for the mentorship program. And here in Denver, we've been very passionate about mentorship and getting that program off the ground. And so this was an event that uh, followed the self-defense event about a year uh, following that. But uh, we both took surveys and we were matched uh, according to, you know, what we were looking for in a mentorship program and then also based on personal interests. So Marissa, tell us a little bit about this self-defense class. You mentioned Wash Park, Denver. I assume it was outside. Was this during COVID? Give us some specifics. Yeah. So, you know, we were trying to think of event ideas on the board that were COVID friendly and we decided to host a self-defense class in Wash Park. 
And this was really our first in-person event after COVID. It took place in June, 2021. And it was a great event. It was all females. I think there might've been one or two males that usually come to our events. And the instructor paired us up together. You know, we were holding on to self-defense. I don't know what you call them, boxing pads and learning how to punch and kick and all these really cool moves. And and I, as I said, Jamie and I were matched and we just had an instant connection. And from there on, we, we spent a lot of time together at the next, you know, following year events and then ended up getting matched. I was just listening to Angela Johnson. She's a comedian. She was actually like a Raiderette uh, cheerleader for the NFL. And she was talking about, you know, being concerned about a home invasion. She was, she's a comedian. So it was, you know, a really funny bit that she was doing at the Hawaii theater. But she talks about like, she may be little, but like she was going to give it her all, you know, like the guy was going to leave with like, you know, teeth marks in her forehead. And, you know, like she was going to learn how to do all that. And I remember thinking it was just last night. I just remember thinking, I don't even know I know how to land a punch, you know, like, I don't know that I know, you know, like how to connect. So you just made me think about that, you know, that idea of how important a self-defense would be just to sort of understand how to fight smart if you need to. And I learned that Jamie can punch really hard. (laughs) That's excellent. I was taking kickboxing classes to relieve my stress during COVID at that point in time. So (laughs) I was definitely in the um, mindset of kickboxing. But to go back to your point about the self-defense and just being able to protect yourself, that was the whole you know, reason for bringing this event to our chapter. I mean, a lot of uh, the women on the board and uh, and a lot of our members travel for work and it never hurts just to have a few, you know, basic self-defense techniques that you can use in any situation. And it was really fun. It was a way that we could all get together outside and learn some new stuff. And tell us, Jamie, a little bit more about MentorClick. I mean, we hear a lot about AI software, and obviously it did a great job for you both. You said that there was a survey, and maybe understanding a little bit more about if you even remember some of the questions that they asked, because it might help some of our listeners that are either considering doing the MentorClick program through their chapter, or maybe just some of the questions might spawn others as they look for a mentor in their life. Sure. You know, I think that when you are looking for a mentor or you are in sort of a, a mentorship program, people that, you know, look at um, your bio or your experience uh, might put you in a certain category and it might look good on paper, but when it comes down to it, there just might not be a connection there for whatever reason. And I think this survey, from what I remember and what I recall about it, it was very random. So the questions were not specific to the industry. They were not really specific um, in any way. They were just very random. And so I think that just the randomness of the survey questions was able to really just match you with somebody that you potentially would have that connection with. So I'm assuming it's similar to a, a dating app and how they make those connections. I'm not sure though. And, and I'll say when I got matched with Jamie, I was very excited. It, it was great because we I think we were both like, oh, this is going to be really fun. And, and we made the whole mentorship experience really fun. And that must have been encouraging for the leadership in Denver, too. They're using this new software, you know, trying to see if it if it's effective. And then you guys get matched up. They must have thought, wow, this, <laughs> this is actually working. 
That's exactly right. So both the two women running our mentorship program, Melissa Ducey and Shanna Weber, they both knew Marissa and I personally just by being on the board. And so it was very confirming for them when they saw us match together that, you know, the software was working in a way that hopefully would lead to some very successful mentorship connections. When we talk about mentoring, often we can create great definitions that help people from sort of an academic perspective define mentoring, but don't really give people a path into what it feels like or what it looks like or or why it's so important in our careers and in our lives. So maybe, Jamie, starting with you, what is your practical definition for what mentoring looks like when you think about the relationship you have with Marissa? When it comes to the mentor-mentee relationship with Marissa and I, you know, we are, there's not a a true definition between senior and entry-level employee where we're in a area in our careers where you don't really have that true definition. And, you know, when it comes to the whole mentorship process, you know, I think that it requires a lot of vulnerability on the part of both the mentee and the mentor. You know, they really need to make themselves vulnerable and open up about goals and fears and different struggles as it relates to just like personal and business matters. And I think that, you know, having that sort of a vulnerability and that connection just deepens any sort of growth between the mentor and the mentee. Do you think you knew that kind of going into the relationship or did you discover that when you were willing to open up about things that there was a lot of sort of fruit from those types of conversations? I absolutely think that um, having a little bit more transparency and just being very authentic with what may be going on, you know, even in your personal life, because we're all emotional creatures, you know, we're emotional beings. And so what we're dealing with, you know, personally always, you know, can can play into what we're dealing with professionally and, and balancing those two, I think can be difficult at times. And I think that's really where Marissa and I's relationship deepened was just being being, you know, authentic and, and vulnerable and telling each other, you know, what was going on, you know, maybe personally to just help understand where we were both at. Um, and it also helped with, hey, do you need to blow off some steam and, and go golf and get out of the office for an afternoon? And, and it led to things like that that were really great for our relationship. Yeah, I'll definitely echo that. I feel like we both were going through some personal things last year and we really bonded, but I think that really deepened our connection. We also are both salespeople, so we were able to bounce off ideas. I started a new job last May, and I it was completely different. I'm prospecting planned sponsors, and Jamie works with advisors, and I was able to ask her questions on, do you think this will work? And you know, mentorship's a two-way street. I was the mentor. She was the mentee. But for us, it was more a mutual connection relationship. I don't think one of us felt like we were the mentee or or the mentor in the relationship either. Oh, I I find that really interesting. I I like that where we may think of something as as being a more traditional relationship and and the software may be connecting you that way. But as you kind of grow in this relationship, you both see a lot of value in this relationship. So dig a little bit deeper for me here, Marissa, and maybe give our listeners a little bit of advice and practicality around sort of structuring a relationship through the lens of mentoring? Yeah, I would define ours as more of a transformational mentoring mentee relationship. 
and really the best mentorships help both people grow. If I look back in my career, I've had some that were assigned to me that just didn't work and others where I was assigned to someone when I was a Charles Schwab that wasn't as social as me, but I really had to dig deep and actually ended up finding a connection with him. But I think it's all about connecting with people and finding the right person, someone you can build a relaxed, inspiring relationship with that's curious, that wants to learn, that's a student. I think Jamie and I are both very career motivated. So that was really helpful in our relationship. And we, we both want to strive and move up in our careers and just, you know, talking to Jamie, what, what are your next steps? Do you like what you're doing now? Are you, you know, what's, what's the future? And I think we were both able to bounce ideas off each other. And as I said, like I was just starting a new job and she was super helpful for me trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? And I, and that's, I think the advice here is, you know, these relationships can be formed with people senior to yourself or peers of equal structure as long as there's a desire for personal and professional growth and also make it fun. I mean, one of the things I think that we did really well is we would meet either for dinner or we, we both love to play golf, as Jamie mentioned before. So we'd say, let's, let's go play nine holes and then grab a bite or, you know, let's go out to dinner. And I think that just, you're looking forward to, to these, whereas, oh, I have to go meet my mentor and it's not forced. And I think my advice is find someone that you really connect with that you want to learn from. And it's just going to be natural from there. Anything to add, Jamie? I would just say, don't force it. You know, um, it, the, these things can't be forced. And I think that if there isn't a relationship, you know, that you feel like you can establish with somebody early on, just don't do it. You know, like maybe just say, okay, this might not be working and just let it go. But, you know, from a, a negative standpoint, there are those things that happen like that. There is. And I actually remember from my career many years ago, but I was in a new organization and I really needed help navigating. And so I pursued someone that was ahead of me who had done it really well. She was maybe more introverted um, than I was, but, you know, I, I made it clear that I really could use her, you know, support and advice. And she was very kind to me and we spent time together, but I never felt like I sort of gained a rapport with her. Like we didn't, we couldn't find sort of commonalities in our life that, you know, allowed us to sort of click or sort of get off the wheel of work into something that was a little bit more social. But what's interesting is when I look back on it, I still remember some of the advice that she gave me that was excellent. But I also sort of let that relationship kind of go a little bit because I felt like maybe she was better suited to somebody else. And I didn't want to take up a lot of her time. She was more senior to me. And I was very respectful of that. And I did find somebody else that was really well suited for what I needed. But I still remember that short period of time, maybe six months or so that, you know, we did meet together. And at the time, I kind of felt like it was a failure. But I do think that there is a chemistry to these relationships that can't be forced. And, you know, sometimes you just need to understand that moving on is maybe better than sort of struggling through something that doesn't work. What do you think, Marissa? Yeah, I would add on to that. Like, it doesn't have to be a formal process. We're lucky enough that, you know, Women in ETF in Denver has a formal mentorship program. But looking back at my career, I wish I would have asked someone sooner. If there's someone out there that you really admire, ask them if they'll work with you. The worst they're going to say is no. And it could be, it could end up being a great friendship and a great relationship. You can learn a lot. You, they can help you plan for career advancement 
personal advancement. You know, I think you also have to look outside just your work life, but work life balance is super important. So I would agree. I think you you just need to like ask people if it's not if you don't have access to a formal program. Absolutely. So Jamie, is there someone you admire in the industry that's maybe done this well and that you like to emulate when you think about mentoring? <laughs> when I think about mentoring, you know, I think leading by example says a lot. And I have my current director, Dan Dolan, you know, he is somebody that I, I believe is, you know, held with a lot of respect in the industry. And, you know, I think leading by example is sometimes more important than, you know, a formal like mentor uh, type relationship. So I think that, you know, that's something that I, I admire um, when, you know, people are transparent, they're approachable. And they're just well-respected. I think that that says a lot and you can learn a lot from people that have good reputations. Absolutely. I think sometimes, you know, we think our words are so important, right? You know, like how we say it and what we say and, you know, and the way that we can kind of convey it to others, especially those that maybe work for us. But shoot, like it is so much more important to like walk the walk and to to actually be doing the things that you want the people around you to to emulate. So I think mentioning him in that way that like, you know, you're you're watching and you're learning by just what he does. And it's not always about having to have kind of formal conversations to convey it. Uh, so I, I think that's excellent. And Marissa, what about you? Is there someone that you admire? Yeah, I want to say that I admire my mother. Uh, she's one of the strongest people I've ever met. She was a stay-at-home mom our whole career. When we went off to college, she decided to get into real estate. She's the number one realtor in Buffalo right now. She's done a great job, has an amazing career. And then, you know, life threw her a curveball a couple of years ago, and she was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. And she was very positive. She had to have major surgery. She had to go through chemo. But the whole time, she never let it upset her. She kept working. She kept going. She, she's very active. She goes to Orange Theory every day. Even you know after the cancer came back again last summer, she had to go through another round of chemo. And she continues to go to chemo and then right to Orange Theory. And I just think I really look up to her. She's excellent in sales. She's an amazing person. She's got tons of friends. Everyone loves her. And I'm really proud to have her as my mom. Oh, Marissa, thank you for sharing that. I love that. And I have a bunch of friends who do Orange Theory. And, you know, that's not, it's not for the wimps, right? You know, like, that, that's a lot of work to go from chemo into Orange Theory and do it with such a, an amazing outlook on life and surrounded by friends. So what a life your mom has led. And yeah. when you talked about leading by example. That's exactly what she's doing, right? Yeah, she actually got uh, me into Orange Theory quite a few years ago. And I know Jamie is a big Orange Theory goer as well. So it's... it's yeah, a, we need to do that class, Marissa. Yeah, it's a great way. We, we like start our day that way every morning. And I feel like exercise also in a professional life really helps you clear your mind in the morning. I get up, do my exercise, come back to my desk and just have a much more productive day. Oh, good reminder. Very good reminder. So continue here, Marissa. Based on what we've talked about today, what's some advice for this next generation of leaders that are coming up when you think about emulating others and seeking advice and getting into mentoring relationships? What, what would you say to them? 
Yeah. I mean, I look back at my career and I've had a lot of different leaders and managers and some good and, and some bad. And I'm just going to give you advice on the ones that I've really admired, like particularly my boss right now. He's fabulous. He's hands-on, but hands-off. He's there to answer questions. He's there to guide you. I really feel like those are the best managers and leaders. Some other thing is, you know, just listening and communicating more effectively. You know, when I actually moved from a research career to a sales career in my first review at Goldman Sachs, they told me I didn't listen well. And I, it was actually really shocking to me that that advice was given to me, but it really turned me around. I went into meetings with a very different belief and let the clients talk. And then after you hear your clients talk, then you can tailor your comments and you know sell a more applicable product to them. So I think that's really important. And really, you know, you want to lead mindful meetings with your team, identify and communicate leadership principles. Everyone on a team is very different, right? And the best teams make up the most diverse people. So I, another advice when building a team is look for people who are not the same. You might want one people with an en- one person with an engineering background. You might want one person with a sales background, one person with a marketing background. And when you get together and share ideas, everyone respects each other and everyone comes from a, a different breed. And I think that's super important. I like what you said about your boss with being both hands-on and hands-off and being such a such a good manager and leader for you. And I guess I would encourage those that are listening, and, and I love that we have people from many different careers and backgrounds as our listeners because we hear from them. But I would say if you don't have a manager like that, having that conversation and number one, being willing to like listen to that feedback. So if they do say something like, well, you're not a great listener and that's what's forcing me to sort of like lean in a little bit more than you may like, take that advice, you know, do some self-examination, maybe go into meetings differently like Marissa did, which I think is great. Or if they don't have a reason why they're doing it, you know, maybe they're just an insecure manager. You know, I think there's opportunities to to either try to manage up better or maybe even, you know, move around in an organization or out of the organization. I think that we all deserve to have great managers and leaders um, that we get to work with. So I just would encourage with so much of what Marissa just said is to sort of take control of that part of your career and assure that the people around you are helping you be the best version of yourself. Jamie, anything to add to that? Not necessarily. I think that that really covers it for me too. I, you know, I really, um, I, I would agree with, you know, building a team with, you know, that's diverse, but, you know, not only from like, like professional backgrounds, but personal backgrounds, you know, I, I feel like I keep on going back to this whole personal thing, but, you know, um, it, it makes people what they are today, like their experiences in the past. And it, you know, it really is interesting how that can play well in certain areas. You know, I could give just a quick example of like myself, I grew up in rural Colorado on a farm. I grew up showing sheep. I I literally put myself through college showing sheep. And I had experiences that were very unique. But for a lot of people that I've met, especially in the financial services community, but I was um, placed in a territory in the Midwest. And in the Midwest, there's a lot of people that come from backgrounds like that. So I think that, you know, knowing kind of who your people are and knowing where they come from and, and maybe what their experiences are and how that can play better within an organization or with a, on a team, you know, it, it really, it does help whatever it is you're trying to do, raise assets. 
or raise sheep or raise sheep. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I I like how we sort of dovetail into teams because I think mentoring, you know, really does reflect on who you end up working around and how successful you are with it. Chris Hempstead and Dave Laval just did a great show a few weeks back on building teams and uh, they talked about what you guys talked about as well is that diversity, not only of the roles that are on the teams, but the way people think, the way that they approach learning, the way that they approach sort of the ingenuity of looking at problems in different ways. So I, I think that in our diversity, we can find ways that connect us, but we can also find ways that sort of support each other in looking at problems from different perspectives. So love that we that we got there. Our last question is always the same, um, and anyone who's been listening to this show absolutely knows it because I love reading. I love the perspective that it can give us, the way it can shift maybe our biases and open our minds to different ways of thinking about the world and thinking about each other. I myself am a writer, and so I love you know the perspective that people bring like Marissa and Jamie to the show and their stories, um, because it always gets me excited about writing characters. But starting with you too, Marissa, maybe with you, what are you reading and why would you recommend it? So right now I'm reading or just finished reading Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Anyone who knows me will find this very ironic. I'm the kind of person who gets on a plane and I'll talk to anyone. I love meeting people. It's just my personality and the nature of who I am. But what I really like about this book is it helps you understand and accurately judge people you don't know with staying patient and tolerant with others. So really human beings by nature are just way too trusting. You know, a good example in this book, they they go into the whole Bernie Madoff situation with his massive Ponzi scheme. And really the reason that people that this that he was able to scheme so many people is because people trusted him. He had a reputation He had money in Europe. He had money all over the U.S. And I think when the SEC was trying to bring him down, nobody even wanted to believe them. So I think, you know, the lesson from this book is you have to trust people, but don't be too trusting of people. And it's also great to get to know strangers because you can learn a lot from people you don't know. I mean, I, you know, recently had a great experience sitting next to a famous basketball player on a plane and ended up talking to him the whole way from Denver to Portland. He ended up offering me tickets to any games that I wanted to come offer from is going to bring me to play golf. But I think that's one of those things. If I wasn't open to just having that conversation, I wouldn't have had such an awesome plane ride. So that's, you know, just, just one of those examples of open up, talk to people. And, and I really highly recommend this book. It's, it's one of Malcolm Gladwell's best. I think it's so funny to me, Marissa, because I'm the exact opposite. I get on planes and I'm like all about getting the work done. And I'm like, oh, you know, my, if I travel with my sister, she loves to talk to everyone. And I'm like, I just need to get things done. But I would say almost to no exception, if I do open myself up to talking to someone, I so enjoy the conversation. And I had a conversation with somebody who is a professional uh sort of water skier and water stunt person and from Chicago to Portland, the other Portland, the one I live in. And it was amazing. And, you know, it, he became involved and, you know, took my husband and my son out water skiing. And But almost to non-exception, I have great conversations. So I don't know why I have this bias <laughs> against talking to strangers on planes, but maybe you are inspiring me to do better. Um, and certainly, the book talking to strangers i've read it so enjoy it and we will we will put it out there for our listeners and put a link in the show notes 
What about you, Jamie? What do you got? I have actually recently finished uh, Becoming Bulletproof by Evie Pomporis. She was a special agent for the United States Secret Service. So she was a special agent for Obama, and she's just kind of a certified badass. I'm not allowed. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on here, but um, she really highlights um, how to protect yourself, how to read people, how to influence situations, and live fearlessly. That's really the premise of this book, and. It's something that I actually was talking to Marissa about, and I told her that if she picks up the book to to make sure she gets the hard copy, because there's a lot of different lists um, and different things, uh, diagrams within the book that are just really helpful. But if you are in a sales sort of situation or if you're just living life, I mean, it, it never hurts to know um, how to read people and, and just really kind of digest the situation and always make sure to protect yourself, you know, no matter what you're doing. And it was a book that um, a friend had recommended to me when I started traveling for work, uh, you know, just a little bit more frequently. And just to be aware of situations and your surroundings is always very important. You know, situational awareness is is huge. Thank you for that. Oh, that's excellent. Great books um, to end the show. Thank you so much, Marissa and Jamie, for your time today. Thank you for sharing so much. Thank you for being vulnerable and and coming on and, and talking about your relationship and encouraging others to get into mentoring. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information, but you let it be transformational in how you think about your career. I'm rooting for you. To find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry, please visit womeninetfs.com. And while it lasts, be sure to grab your Thrive Guide on becoming the leader you want to be. You can download it at with a K, christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed to We Talk Careers podcast, please make sure you do so. And if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle, let us know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.